Welcome to the So Wizards podcast, NBA Draft Lottery Edition. Um, I'm joined by Osman Baig today from uh, Boats Forever. The news, Draft Lottery was earlier tonight. Wizards pick ten, will end up with the 10th pick, which is exactly where their record said they should have picked. Um, no major moves uh, in, the, in the draft order. You know, Orlando moved up a spot. Oklahoma City moved up a couple spots. Houston, by record, should have gotten the top pick. But really, that's not really a move down when you think about it, um, because they had the same odds as Oklahoma City and Orlando. So, you know, no big deal. So the big mover was Sacramento, which jumped from seven up to four, which is nice for them. Oz, what do you think? What do you think? uh, Does this mean anything for the Wizards at all? No, regarding the Wizards, I think, like, look, typically what you saw Wizards, I had guessed that they were going to end up with the 11th pick. Yeah. Because that is does seem so wizards to me that instead of moving up, you move down a spot. Mm-hmm. They ended up staying where they were supposed to stay, which I guess in one sense is is fine. I mean, they really they were the, they they ended up in exactly where they should. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. I just organizationally, you just always hope that they, that they could do something more and they get some stroke of luck, and it just that doesn't come this way, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've had a little bit of luck here and there through the years. I mean, John Wall was kind of a lucky move, right? They moved up for that. Um, I think uh, they, they moved up for, um, did they move up for Beal? I, I'm, I'm recollecting. I don't recollect. And we're um, real quick. We're joined by Matt Moderno, who um, has come in uh, like the, uh, you know, ace fire throwing uh, reliever i don't know who that is in major league <laughs> baseball anymore but uh, as dennis uh dennis eckersley is the one mariano rivera is another one i was gonna be but, chad bradford and throw my underhand submariner or whatever. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey we'll, we'll take it there's a yeah. long history of great uh well not great but at least decent uh <laughs> submarine pitchers and, uh, yeah so yeah we yeah, just that's your question i don't know if they moved up on beal um but like you know kind of anytime you end up top three it's good so they've had their three trips to the top three i think in recent history you've had wall you had beal you have Otto. ironically two of those actually you could probably say all three of those was was a result of a tanking strategy which they refused to take on yeah 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 that's true so uh, matt we're just kicking around the idea of well what this means if anything for the wizards that they stayed at 10 um any thoughts on that uh, it means the name of your podcast. So Wizards, I mean, I, I think realistically, if they had moved to 11, it would have given us something legitimate to complain about, which we never really get like real legitimate things. They're always sort of like half shitty that we get to like make worse than they are. That would have yeah. been actually terrible. So, um, you know, I, I think this is kind of like perfectly so Wizards. It's not really bad enough, but yeah, it's but it is bad enough. Yeah. So... Let's talk a little bit about um, like what kind of player they can expect. Um, Matt, I'll toss this over to you. Like who, what, what, what are we thinking will be available around 10? Like who should Wizards fans be thinking about? I have been furiously scouring all of the major mock drafts that were just like waiting for people to press send on them the minute the lottery order came out. And I think Benedict Mathurin out of Arizona is a name that seems to be like someone that 
I, I have yet to see like a Wizards fan like openly shit on. So um, that means it's probably too good to be true. But he's seemingly available in a lot of these mock drafts around 10, you know, 9 to 11 seems yeah. to who they're projecting. I, I think that would be kind of the most universally liked pick. You could see Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin, Dyson Daniels out of the G League Ignite. Yeah. Kind of a, a bit more of a stretch, in my opinion, someone like a Ty Ty Washington or Atari Eason at LSU. And Kevin, you and I talked about this a lot, but yeah. um, uh, Eason looked good in Yoda. I think it would probably be surprising to see him go, you know, 10, but it's not like a crazy stretch, but yeah. by any means. Yeah. So what do you think? I, Oz, I thought you saw you on Twitter. You were, I guess this was prob- probably pre-draft, but you were talking about... Um, Wizards potential trade up opportunities. And uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Is that something they should be thinking about doing, making the trade up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, um, this team needs a little, a little oomph. like kind of actually going back to what Matt was saying. I think if a Benedict Mathurin was there, that would be, I think, be very solid pick. No one would complain. But like kind of what the Wizards do is they let the board fall to them. That's kind of just how they are. Mm-hmm. It's never like a go get them type thing. Yeah. And look, look, just show. Like what I completely expect. I don't know if Shepard has Tommy Shepard said anything yet since the lottery. Not that I've seen. What I fully expect for him to say is we held serve. We're picking 10. There are 11 players in this draft. I like, so I'm happy with our position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, show me some conviction. Tell me that, show me that there's someone you find, you see in the top six that you want to go get that you think has potential to be more than just kind of, a role player or someone who won't break the lineup as, uh, as a rookie. I mean, yeah. like if a Jaden Ivy drops a little bit, like it drops out of the top four, go get him. If a Shaden Sharp, who's kind of mysterious, but has absurd potential reportedly go get him because this team, no matter what they think of the talent they have, they still need major two-way talent help. And it kind of goes back to a point you made. And I, that's what I've kind of been harping on on Twitter today. And it's, it's not making people happy, but, you know, it's all good. Um, yeah. I made the point that of their, la- their last three first-round picks, uh, yeah. Rui Hachimura is, like, he, he has learned to shoot, but the defense progress Maybe. that he made in the end of year two is gone. Denny mm-hmm. Avdia cannot dribble with his left hand and is not really an offensive player because he, I mean, and he can't shoot. Yeah. Corey Kispert can shoot, but I don't see – I don't – look, personally, with 6'7 wingspan, not uh, – like, no steals – no rebounds, no blocks. I don't see defensive upside. I think maybe at best a passable defender mm-hmm. and really someone who would be a passable defender if he was next to Giannis, not next to Bradley Beal. Yeah. So you have players that have, and you mentioned this in a few podcasts ago when we talked, you have players with individual skills and they're basically praying that they could develop what they don't have. Yeah. Go get someone that has skills on both sides of the floor because that's what they don't have right now. Yeah. Kevin, can I throw some anti Yoda options at you? Like this would be the uh, like alternate universe, like opposite of going with the stats. Um, This would be like the Darth Vader, the, uh, the emperor. (laughs) Exactly. It's just just totally trying to corrupt everybody here. Yeah. All right. Uh, It would be like Jaden Hardy at the G league ignite. Um, This was a guy that shot below 30% from the field and like below 20% from three for a very large stretch of the season. Yeah, I've got Yoda open. I'm just scrolling down right now, trying to. How far down do you have to go? Here we go. Yeah, 48. Okay. (laughs) I've got Um, Nikola Jovic, (laughs) uh, another small forward, not great percentage efficiency kind of stuff, but 6'9 guy. 
has some offense. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Jovic, I, I I do have in in this thing somewhere, but uh, he's also pretty low down. Yep, I I figured this would be the case. I, I had to rack my brain here a little bit on the guy. <laughs> yeah, oh be, yeah, we uh, go. Forty fourth is where I have him. <laughs> there you go. All right, I'm 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 aiming for the forties here. This one will be probably outside the top sixty. I, we texted about him the other day, but I can't remember where he ended up if he was in there at all. Uh, Usman Jang out of New Zealand. He played for the Breakers. He's in the NBL. Yeah, he's actually played in Spain before that. Six yeah. nine guy. Uh, the comp I gave Kevin was like if um, Kyle Anderson had a prettier looking jump shot that didn't go in. <laughs> well, I think um, by the numbers, it, the guy he kind of remind made me think of a little bit was um, was uh, Bunga. So yeah, yeah, he's um, he Kev, he's, Kevin Knox might be like a comp, you know, yeah, like that. Forty nine is where I have him. So all right, uh, last two. This is a guy I actually really like though, but again, I think the numbers probably weren't super pretty. Marjan Bochamp out of the uh, G League Ignite as well. Okay, I would have him basically like a late, late first, first, early second. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, kind of a prototypical small forward build, real streaky offensively this year, but looked really good when he looked good. Yeah. And then the last one, the Yoda breaker itself, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. That would yeah. be the ultimate so Wizards pick to reach on on somebody who's six nine, can't really defend, isn't athletic, but his shot looks pretty. Yeah, his shot looks pretty, maybe, but it doesn't go in. Uh, 41.8% on twos and 26.6% on threes. He does shoot 74% from the free throw line, though, so he's got that. Yeah, so what's not to like? Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jarvis Hayes, the prettiest jump shot that never went in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's actually yeah. bigger Jarvis Hayes. That's probably the comp. <laughs> That's, you've, you've sold me. So, well, you sold Tommy, so, probably. How do, how do you say no to that? So let me ask you guys, yeah. I, I just have, there are a couple of things that I would try here uh, before we kind of go in a little more into who to maybe at number 10. So I think a trade-up makes sense. I think there are a few things that I think people aren't necessarily talking about or realizing. You're, once you Supermax deal, you have a million set aside basically to him and Porzingis. They, I don't think they could afford to keep Kuzma and, and Caldwell Pope next year. We're both going to be free agents. You'd figure... Caldwell Pope with 3 and D is going to probably make something similar to what he's making now. Kuzma is probably going to aim higher given that his numbers are a little better, like raw numbers are a little better. He sees what guys like Jeremy Grant might get, what an Eric Gordon got. He's probably going to be aiming higher, I would guess, north of 20, uh, 20 per year. Um, you can't pay everyone. So why not use them? Why not use some of one of your three first-round picks that you've recently invested on, whoever has value, because – Neither, none of them really look like star or needle movers to move up. Or also, if you want to stay at 10 and you can move up, stay at 10, then go back, get another pick where you basically reset the rookie clock and get yourself like a Tari Eason, Jeremy Sochan, someone who has a high defensive floor at minimum, but don't draft them at 10 and where you're then like, where's the offense? If you draft them at like 15 to 20, then you know what you're, you could unreasonably say, hey, if we get offense down the road, great. At least we're getting good defense and good kind of activity, you know? Well, so my th thinking on that, so I was with you in terms of like trading back, especially if you're convinced that there are some guys who are potentially going to be available, you know, that you've got rated higher, right? That you know from your intel that you can get later. Um, I, I think... 
in, unless you've got some sort of mechanism, some way of judging whether or not a player is going to be able to develop offensively, I, I'd be concerned about saying, well, I'm going to pick this guy because he plays defense because, uh, you know, point I've made a few times is you have to take the whole player, everything he does. Right. And it's difficult right. putting a guy out there whose, whose job is just is quote unquote to play defense. If he's a self-check on offense and, you know, you end up with pretty limited value that way. So that would be my concern with that. I would, I mean, I think the Wizards should keep everything open. They should certainly be looking at trading away some of the some of the veterans they have. You know, I, I did that article back towards the beginning of the offseason where I looked at like where the Wizards rank, you know, the last year's roster ranks in terms of like where other teams, how other teams are structured. And, you know, they were pretty thick on like the eighth man. They've got the, a lot of competition to see who can be their eighth best player. And, you know, maybe you can package off and six man too. So maybe you could package up a couple of those guys and get a decent guard who can, you know, who can start or at least be a third guard type of thing, maybe start for a year while you groom a, a young guy. But I, I mean, I think that they, I mean, this won't be any news to anybody, but I think they've got a lot of work to do on their roster in terms of getting talented players i don't think they're remotely close and i know that there are people who think that they are close i suspect they work within the wizards organization at least some of them but um well, look i, I don't i don't think, think they're only, close at all uh, yeah i don't think it's only that too you go on go on twitter you talk about them and you'll tell you'll hear people say like look i got a tweet today kispert is untouchable i got another one kuzma <laughs> is part of the big three um if only we like, had a traditional post center yeah well somebody told me <laughs> that uh, kuzma was part of the big four and the other two being beal porzingis or the other three being beal porzingis and ishmith rui hachimura Ooh. i mean yeah. even though rui and kuzma play the same position so that's that ron that's <laughs> no no <laughs> no ron would push kuzma off and have it say the big three was rui that's right yeah <laughs> So I actually have a kind of nutty theory, uh, and this is one that I've carried with me pretty much my whole life. I mean, my brother and I used to talk about this like in the mid eighties. Um, and it was the idea of, well, how about just forget the center completely, right? What do you need a seven foot guy lumbering up and down all slow and stuff? Why not get a bunch of skilled guys? You can get, you know, six, eight, six, ten guys who can play like they can do things like dribble, pass, shoot, move their feet, run the floor, um, you know, defend multiple positions. And why not put, put, over, put lineups out there, build your roster that way, instead of worrying about, well, we've got to have a big man and we've got to have a point guard who dribbles the ball up the court and starts the offense. You know, how about multiple guys who do that? And I think we're seeing the value of that in the playoffs where all four you know, teams that are still left. Yeah, all four teams that are yep. still left have multiple guys who can make plays offensively, um, you know, and I think there's there's a lot of value in that. Yep. I agree. I, and, it, and I asked a question yesterday on Twitter, like, out of the Wizards, suppose the big three, let's call them medium three. Out of their medium three, of the 16 playoff teams, you could include playing teams right now, where would Beal, Porzingis, and, Case, and uh, Kuzma go in terms of, like, a draft of all those players in there? And I think even the most optimistic people say it like feel somewhere in the 15 to 20 range and uh, Porzingis in like the forties and Kuzma maybe in the forties also. 
So it just had me thinking, it's like, what are we doing here? But of course, they're not really arguing that because this is the path they're going on. But at the same time, are, are people watching? It's energy. It's like you said, players who could defend multiple positions, players who could play both ends of the floor, have a role on both ends of the floor. It's, that's what we're seeing. We're not seeing teams in drop coverage with a, bu- with the, with a bunch of uh, defender players that would be passable if they were in the right scenario. We're not seeing, te- like we're seeing teams attack the basket. We're seeing ball. I mean, everything that, we're, that the Wizards are not is what we're seeing right now. Yeah. I don't think this is a uniquely Washington fan base phenomena here, but it's the same thing. And I've made this comment before, but when I was working at 980, like every preseason people called in and said, Hey, Redskins are going 11 and five this year. Like no matter what happened in the off season. And I think we do that with the wizards to some extent as a fan base. Like, I mean, Hey, we're just one guy away. If we just get that one guy, I mean, that one guy needs to be prime Michael Jordan, but it's still one guy. (laughs) Well, I, you know, within the Wizards fan base, th- there's a lot of, well, resignation, one, but also d- like some desperation, too, where people are hoping so hard that that they can find some way of actually being competitive. And, you know, the, I think I wrote about this and I was on 980 this morning, in fact, talking about this. But that's, I think, what fuels a lot of the John Wall stuff. It's like, well, Wall used to be really good. Mm-hmm. And so why not bring him back? Because, you know, yeah, he, he hasn't played a full season in five years, but still, you know, he, he used to be really good. We know him and we like him and maybe somehow or another, he'll be kind of like the way that he was. And so the wizards can then somehow be good again. Never mind that, like, realistically, that's just probably not going to happen. One, that he would even want to return, but two, that he can play at that level or anything resembling that level again. Yeah. Is pretty far fetched, but you know, where it's coming from a place where this team has just stunk for so long, and the, the the management has made so many bad decisions. They've missed on so many picks, and and they, you know, even like, you know, as you mentioned, the the three draft picks, those three recent draft picks, and I wouldn't describe any of them as like a miss, right? Like, no, they're Hachim- all. I would describe them as singles. Yeah, the, I mean, Hachimur, he's fine for for. A ninth pick, you know, he's a serviceable NBA player, right? Denny Avdia is serviceable. Kispert looks like he'll be serviceable. You know, they're guys that if they're your like eight, nine, ten man in your rotation, okay, not the end of the world. You're not, and it's not a waste of those picks. It's just that they're not going to either raise the floor or, um, you know, or or like raise their raise the ceiling either. It's like they're they're just there. And they, they can fill a role, they can do certain things, but they're, they're not going to change the team's fortunes really in any direction versus, say, any other generic NBA player, you know? Hi, this is Kevin, and I wanted to share with you briefly about a product I've recently been introduced to called Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a supplement. It's a powder form, and you basically add a scoop to a cup of water in the morning and when you do you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and apigens to help you start your day right the ingredients support gut health support your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus aging all of those things it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto keto paleo vegan dairy-free gluten-free you can do all of it with Athletic Greens. It contains less than one gram of sugar per serving, 
no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it still tastes good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. I can use some of that right now. It'll also, it's not expensive. It costs you less than $3 a day. And I know that a lot of folks are spending more than that on coffee or energy drinks. And this will be better for you than that. Um, Athletic Greens, in addition to when you make a purchase, for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations to help get nutritious food to kids in need. It includes the No Kid, Re- no Kid Hungry, which is, operates here in the United States. In 2020, uh, Athletic Greens donated more than 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills, supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens/emerging. That's athleticgreens/emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. got to say guys that I'm, I'm sitting in my office next to our cat's litter box and this cat just took the smelliest shit of all time and it's the most <laughs> fitting thing on the one time I've ever been excited for anything as a fan I tried to go the other way and be optimistic for once yeah and lean into it and say like today we're going to manifest a top four pick <laughs> so the fact that we're 10th it, it just is all like a fitting way to end the night I think yeah perfect. you know you know I was there with you and then I was watching it, and it's like once the the I think it was right before us the Knicks, once the Knicks went and our envelope was coming up, I'm like, I know this is going to be the Wizards logo. Why am I even trying to like like praying that it's something else? It's got 100% the Wizards logo. Once I saw that blue, I was like, yep, exactly what I expected. Yeah. No, I skipped watching. I was uh, doing uh, repairing a screen door, so um, yeah. <laughs> a much more productive use of time you missed Wes Unseld looking like an actual robot like I was convinced it was a mannequin because he just didn't blink for like the he 40 seconds he was on screen yeah okay it's but like, the important question is how often did he refer to his index cards he definitely <laughs> looked down to check his little uh quarterback like wrist index card yeah but but Tommy was like kissing babies and shaking hands and doing finger guns yeah. with people I mean he was like in full Tommy mode in the background yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this well i guess I have, I have two questions i wanted to ask you like and you whichever one you want to answer first kept this is your, your your deal um yeah. what about at the 10th pick like what position who, who do you like or number two i wanted to kind of throw out a couple hypothetical trade-ups and see what you thought yeah so let's um i mean i'll take that first thing so first thing if they stay 10 pick the best guy Whoever the best player is, whatever position he is, I mean, if it's Mark Williams is the best player at number 10, go ahead and pick him. Um, because even though they, they may not be, that player may not be a perfect fit, the Wizards need talent, period. That's number one. Number two, there's always injuries. And they, they have guys like Porzingis, for example, who has a history of getting hurt a lot. And so there's likely to be plenty of playing time regardless of the position. But get somebody who can get in, who can play, number one, but also it would be great if that person was like really competitive and feisty and 
wanted to wanted to win a position. That would be great. Start by winning a position and, and good at basketball. Yeah, well, that'd be good too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like a prerequisite. So <laughs> I don't care what position. If the best player is a shooting guard, pick him. Right. Let Beal play lead guard, and this other guy play shooting guard. You know, or let this other guy play uh, this rookie play lead guard, and Beal play the shooting guard. I don't care, but um, just get the best damn player in here, whoever that may be. And, and realistically, the history is that you know a player, you know, one of the top three, four players in a draft you'll typically get them around, you can get them around 10 or later. To your point, Kevin, they're all going to play. I mean, Brad Wanamaker started a game for the Wizards this past year. COVID doesn't seem, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's it's going anywhere, like from a from a global stand, you know, pandemic standpoint here, like we might have COVID protocols for the league next year and things like that, where guys miss two weeks. So like anybody you have is going to be an option to get to play. Kispert got to play. Denny got to play a lot as a rookie. Ruby played a lot as a rookie. Like they'll, they'll find minutes for them. So right. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not worried about the position. I, I always say the same thing. If it's 50, 50 and, or even 50, 50, 50, 50, I know that's not how math really works, but like if you're sold on, Hey, these guys are all in the same tier for us. I would always take the wing. I know mm-hmm. I get a bunch of angry tweets every week that say, but the wizards draft a three every year. Who gives a shit? Draft one until you get it right. Eventually you'll get one. Yeah. And I agree with that completely. That if, if, if the, if you have, like you say, if you, if you're splitting, pick the guy who's the six, seven wing or a six, eight wing or the six, six wing, I don't care, but uh, you you pick that guy. Cause that's the, that's, you know, you need those big, those big wings who can play. Yeah. So, okay. Trades. Yeah. Yeah. Trade ideas. (laughs) All right, so here's one. I know Indiana has been brought up as a as a Malcolm Brogdon trade trade fit with the Wizards. So how about Kyle Kuzma, Denny Avdia, number ten, and a future first round pick? I don't know when we could trade one, but sometime, uh, sometime down the road for Malcolm Brogdon and the sixth pick. Idea being, with the sixth pick, is either Ivy or Shaden Sharper on the board at that point. Hmm. I'll let you take this one, uh, Matt, because you know Ivy and, and Sharp much better than I do. I think nobody really knows Sharp, which is part of the problem here. He He's sort of like this um, cutout of what you'd want from a dynamic wing, but nobody yeah. really knows for sure. Or it, looks could like a Keegan, it could also be Keegan Murray. So you figure one of those three would sure. be there at six. Well, uh, so let me just jump in. If Keegan Murray is sitting there at six, uh, yes, done. do it. I mean, I got him number one in the draft. So right now <laughs> it's preliminary still, but, but still, if you got a chance to pick the top two, three player in the draft at number six, jump in, do it. I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, if I were the GM right now, just being asked to make that deal, you know, in, in advance to like kind of sign on the dotted line that we'd be willing to do that. I, I probably wouldn't only because of the Brogdon injury thing. Um, it, it, like there's enough there that, that it worries me. And you've already got kind of the one high injury risk guy in Porzingis. I just, I don't know. I, I can't take another 30 win season. So if both of those guys break down, um, I, that makes me nervous. So I would say that there's, a, there's another guy on the t- Wizards team who is a high injury risk, and that would be Beal. You know, he's missed a bunch of games over the last three seasons. Yeah, and, um, you know, true, eight of them were the pandemic. You know, he had the quote-unquote shoulder inju- injury. 
but he's been getting hurt a bit lately. And, you know, last yeah. season he had several um, injuries, you know, some that were kind of nagging. And mm. then of course the wrist problem. And the thing with the wrists is, you know, I, I wrote about that and Albert wrote, did a really good piece where he um, interviewed a doctor who has done, performed the kinds of procedures and worked on the kinds of injury that, that Beal had. And the success rate on those uh, repairs is only about 80%. And they have apparently have the surgery that Beal would have had to repair that particular ligament has a history of falling apart over the, uh, you know, within a five year period. There's risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a doctor, sports medicine doctor on the the, the same thing uh, on Unbelieving Wizards. And he talked about how, like, again, same kind of number, 80%, but like, yeah, even if you come back, there's range of motion issues, Mm -hmm. there's you know, potential for re-injury. You have so many like small bones and blood vessels in your hand, wrist, connective yeah. tissue area, like that, that that's problematic. So if he's, what is he, almost 30 years old at this point? Yeah, I mean, be 29 next season. 29 yeah. next season. And so it and is the, the other thing is, is, is that with, um, you know, that, that it's quote unquote, not that bad because it's not his shooting hand is kind of irrelevant considering that he, you know, he, a big part of his game is being able to handle the ball. And if you've got a yeah. torn, torn wrist ligament, a healed wrist, if your wrist is stiff and you can't handle the ball the way that you did, well, that's a problem. Also, how willing are you to kamikaze to the hoop and try to get to the free throw line while you're nursing an injury to your offhand? So many of these guys yeah. kind of clear space with that offhand. And now yes. is he going to want to do right. that? Yeah. Yeah, as a ball handler and driving to the basket, that wrist is going to get hit numerous times over and over and over, over again. Yep. Yeah. So even even more makes my point there. Uh, if you've got Brogdon, who again, anybody with like foot injuries yeah. and stuff makes me nervous. Porzingis, lower body stuff. Brad everywhere. Um, you know, we're just going to end up with like Trendon Wat- Trend Watford and Anthony Gill starting games by like middle of next season. Now, no, see, I have another one. Okay, oh, go, sorry, go ahead. Go, well, I was just going to say that actually maybe we're thinking about this wrong and that we should go ahead yeah, and lean into it. should go ahead and, and do it. And then if everybody gets hurt, well, what can you do? You, you got to lose. But Thank the problem is, is if you're giving up an additional uh, future first, you know, then, then uh, you're, you're, you might end up giving away a really high pick. So, okay. Um, all right. Second one. I think you got to call Sacramento because they're Sacramento. At one point, they wanted Kyle Kuzma. Offer them Kuzma and, I don't know, let's just say Kuzma and Kispert with 10 to move up to four. They want to win now. They want to win now. They wanted Kyle. Kyle Kuzma thought he was going to be a Sacramento King before the Wizards jumped in and got him on, on draft day last year. And, yeah, I mean, uh, to... the, the Kings do Kings things. They're just like, they're like us, just over there. Yeah. I would say they're even potentially worse. I, I mean, uh, I applied for or was going to apply for a non-basketball uh, related job with the Sacramento Kings. And I mentioned this to a few of my friends around the league and to a person, every single person said, don't. It is like, the, <laughs> it's, the, it's a terrible organization and you will hate working there. And this was, like I said, this is for non-basketball. And so, and I even talked with somebody, uh, who I didn't know, their kid worked for worked for the Kings um, for five years, and um, same thing. Couldn't wait to wait to get out of there. Was very happy to leave. 
So this is the same organization that didn't draft Luca because someone remembered his dad being a fat basketball player growing up. So just, just none of that surprising. With, with and, and and at the same time saying they're analytically driven. <laughs> you couldn't see that. That was the sound of a face palm. Uh, Oz, I, I think you're onto something, man. They should be at least calling him up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, I would do that to trading <laughs> ten and and some spare parts for a four. I mean, I, I not to more. say that Kuzma is a spare part; he's a good player. But you know, if you can move up to four and potentially get somebody with who could conceivably really, be star, yeah. these all kind of involve him mainly because his contract's up in a year, and I think yeah. it's just it's logical; it makes sense that way. I would probably call the Pelicans. The Pelicans wanted him back when they originally did the big Anthony Davis trade. Maybe they're still interested. You could offer him and Kispert for just number eight. See if you could actually get this. I don't know how much the Pelicans really want another young player on the roster. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see Kuzma actually being a pretty attractive trade uh, chip this off season, because if you look around the league, what he does well, he's not, again, he's not, like a great player, but he does a lot of things pretty well. And he's pretty versatile in the sense that you can sort of fit him into a lot of places. He, he's got some issues. I've talked about them in other podcasts and written about them. <clears throat> um, but I mean, like I could see him helping a team like Phoenix, for example, as a, as a, you know, starting power forward, um, you know, replacing Jay Crowder gives him a little more size, gives him some, <clears throat> some three point shooting, or at least some confident three point shooting can create off the dribble a little bit. He's not like a high efficiency player, but I think, you know, playing with Chris Paul could probably help that, um, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I'm saying, I, I think that there's an option and, you know, maybe though the Wizards should just keep him lean into that whole, like, just get guys who can handle the ball and shoot thing that yep. I mentioned. And um, he can be, you know, the Wizards center going forward. So if you do do that, then here's my last one. This is right. not as in a trade down, but just to acquire an additional big, say you keep 10, you offer then you decide we're keeping Kuzma. You offer Caldwell Pope, Caldwell Pope, and maybe let's just say Rui, and try to get the Hornets. I think it's the Hornets who have the 15th pick. I know they have two first round picks. They may like Caldwell Pope's ability to play defense, like add some defense to the roster, fit next to next to ball. They get a young player. You take the 15th pick. You could then maybe get Atari Eason at 15 to go along with a Matherin or a Johnny Davis at 10. Just um, <laughs> that's interesting i also wonder if there would be any possibility of packaging the two picks the 10 and the 15 and moving up um you know the, i don't know whether there's anybody up yep. there who would be interested in that but i would, I would so new orleans has that. 15 that they got via or charlotte has 15 that they got via new orleans and they have 13 so could you get 15 and 13 for 10 and something yeah I would that could that. be interesting because at that, you know, in that 13, 15, 13 to 15 range, you know, you might be able to get somebody like Dyson Daniels, who is yeah. a, a guy that I'd be interested in. I know his shooting is an issue, but as we talked on our previous podcast, he, he does a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, you could also get a guy like Jeremy Sochan, um, you know, there's some heritage guys. night, baby. Yeah. 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 So there's some guys who might tie tie Washington could even conceivably be, um available in that spot so yeah, yeah and i mean and do the i can't imagine the hornets really wanting to add two more young players to the roster but like you know maybe that could be a fit there and 
there's really at that point, and Kevin, you might you probably speak much better than this than I can. At that point, when you're like talking between ten and thirteen, it's really an individual team's board. There's no consensus, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you may you may really get the is. same player. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So I, I think we would both def or all definitely do thirteen and fifteen for ten. I doubt that the Hornets would want to give up that much to move up three spots, but. Uh, the only other team that kind of has like multiple picks later than us is that, that I'm seeing on, on quick look, uh, is San Antonio. They have the 20th pick and the 25th pick both in via trade. So would you do it for 20 and 25? Depends on what else I'm getting, because that's a pretty, I mean, moving back 10 spots, you're, you're moving down a couple level levels in, in player. Um, I would consider also with um, Charlotte, like if you're talking with Charlotte and they need a sweetener, um, somebody like they might could conceivably be interested in somebody like Gafford, who would be coming off the bench for the Wizards, but mm -hmm. he would start for them. And it would be interesting to see him in pick and rolls with uh, with with Lamelo. So um, yeah. that's something now the Wizards might not want to make that deal, but I would still, not want to make that deal. Yeah. Still, <laughs> I mean, that's the problem is Gafford's young, but yeah, sign and trade Thomas Bryant to them. I'm all in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would make sense, but I'm not sure. Well, I mean, to be honest, offensively, Thomas Bryant would look pretty good with the guy. Yeah, like they could Lamello. use some spacing, but um, yeah. defensively he would, well, I guess he would kind of fit right in. Well, he would fit in with them defensively. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but I agree. 20 to 20 and 25 is too far a drop. Would I take 20 for, a guy like Caldwell Pope, who probably is not in, uh, not in the plans beyond 12 months. I mean, I think that's part of the whole issue why I'm kind of tossing the same names around. Mm -hmm. They have to decide who they're keeping. It would be not okay. I said they don't have to because we've seen year over year they decide at the deadline more reactive to proactively. So mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have to make a, a proactive decision. It would be nice for once if they decided ahead of time. Hey, these are the guys we're investing in. These are our players that we could offer around and get value for right now versus waiting to the deadline where their value when their value is depleted. Yeah. Caldwell Pope's not going anywhere, by the way. Not Beal's bestie. Yeah. yeah. Well then yeah. that that if well then if he's not going anywhere, then Kuzma should go somewhere. I mean they can't pay Beal, Kuzma, and Caldwell Pope. Well they can, but it would just be it would be a nightmare. Oh my yeah. god, that would just be awful. They'd be like in <laughs> they would be like a 35 win team right up like in the paying the luxury tax. And yeah, it's just, it would be make no sense. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the Wizards can do something interesting for a change, like uh, pick a good player. But um, until then, we <laughs> will we talk again. We'll be coming back with some more uh, draft content for sure. And uh, we'll cover all the free agent uh, moves as they come. So uh, we will wrap it up there and um, be back soon. Thank you.